Hey everybody, welcome to On Podcast, the uh, Microsoft.com uh, website podcast. Uh, we took a break for a little bit, but we're back. Um, we're going to be going through a bunch of stuff that we missed from last week, uh, stuff we think is going to be happening next week. Uh, my name is Kareem Anderson. I'm also joined by the world's greatest co-host. Arif Bacchus. Yeah, and uh, let's just kind of jump into to, to the news, shall we? So the first topic that we'll be talking about this week is Microsoft's annual holiday commercial. There was a little bit of not really controversy, but a lot of people were talking about the commercial and the meaning behind the commercial. So we'll be talking about that and giving our own thoughts about what this commercial is all about. Yeah, we also got some uh, good news last week uh, for those of us who are looking to finally start seeing some features come back into uh, Windows. Um, we have news uh, that, uh, well, it, Microsoft actually acknowledging uh, the new uh, Windows feature experience pack. Uh, we'll kind of delve into that and see what that means uh, going forward for uh, Windows development and Windows Insiders. And let's not forget Android apps on Windows. There were also some rumors about this last week, which was Thanksgiving week. So Kareem and I will just uh, recap that and give our thoughts about uh, what's happening with these rumors about Android apps coming to Windows 10 and even maybe even the Windows Store in Windows 10. Yeah, could be. Uh, and then we're also jumping into, because, I mean, it's still holiday season, so Microsoft has revived their ugly sweater campaign and marketing. Uh, <laughs> so they're uh, reissuing some of those. I, th- I don't know where the store stands with them, but if you're interested in them, uh, we'll start talking about that as well. If you could find one, that is. Yes. Uh, it's inter- I mean, again, this might be an Xbox situation where they just make limited numbers to make it seem better than it is, or maybe just that many people are with that, <laughs> that in love with the Windows 95 logos. And uh, let's not forget the week ahead segment, which this week uh, has a lot of surface news. Yeah, well, uh, fortunately, both uh, uh, Eric and myself, and myself have Surface Go's uh, and um, Surface Go 2's. So we're going to kind of uh, be presenting them in comparison to not only market competitors like the iPad, but also uh, device line competitors like the Surface Go laptop and kind of see where the the Surface Go stands and where the the Go line is going in the future. And then there's also a little bit of chat about uh, Microsoft Flight Sim. You guys might have heard some news about that. So we'll touch on that a bit and recap that for the week ahead. And then we'll kind of lastly wrap up with more dev builds. Uh, We're going to be seeing new features. I mean, again, we don't expect a ton of work out of the Microsoft uh, campus in the next three weeks or so. But, uh, you know, hey, they might have had stuff scheduled. Uh, ready to run uh, for the next couple weeks or so. So get us started with this uh, holiday commercial that everyone is talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I know in. you wrote a piece about it. I did. I wrote a piece about it. And it was in response to uh, another journalist, uh, Sean, over at uh, Windows Central. And my piece wasn't necessarily to uh, uh, contradict or, or as a rebuttal or anything. It's just a different take. Uh, his take, which I believe is... So it's a very valid one, and a lot of people online have felt it. Felt that the my, this year's 2020 commercial was uh, somber at best and depressing at worst. Um, and you know, it has a depiction of a dog who kind of goes from family member to family member, looking for what we perceive as attention, and you know, only to be left ignored. And at the end of the day, or at the end of the night, he ends up just dreaming about using all of this or all of the Microsoft technologies and having fun doing so. Uh, and as uh, Sean kind of you know rightly points out, you know for anybody who's a pet owner, uh, anybody who has empathy at all for animals, 
that the video itself, you know, leaves you wanting. And it's not as it's not as heartwarming or refreshing as some of the previous videos or from other competitors. And so I, again, I offered my piece. I think that it's not an all so bad holiday uh, holiday commercial because in a way we all can relate to Rufus the dog because because of the COVID nineteen pandemic. We all are focused on our business and got Zoom chats and team chats and being uh, uh, separated from family. And in a way, uh, even though it, it seems like they're not wanting to play with Rufus and that they're focused on their work, he found his own joy and he separated himself from the world by dreaming of teams and dreaming of flight sim and dreaming of all these Microsoft products. Yeah, I agree. Uh, again, I, I, I don't want to sound like an, a, an apologist for the ad because I didn't have any part in it. It doesn't <laughs> matter to me how much or how little they make from it or you know whatever. Uh, ads like this don't really work on me to begin with. I buy my products outside of the holiday season. They don't really pull in the heartstrings. But um, the way I saw it was um, everyone in this video found their own joy, even though it's kind of dystopian in the way it's done, where everyone's kind of sitting isolated from one another, even though they're in the same household. But if you you know, I kind of go into, you know, uh, all of the things that are happening in the background, all the situations that are going on, and that it's sad for another reason, not for Rufus, but for the fact that we're all kind of stuck. And I, I use the, the snow that's in the video as kind of a backdrop for people not being able to go outside. How we're all kind of stuck, and we're just trying to find the, our joy in this situation. You know, uh, the dad's playing Flight Simulator, which you might relate to. <laughs> yeah. uh, the mom's on a team's call. I don't know how much joy is in that, but... She's at least able to communicate with people, and it seems like she's communicating with people internationally. Um, the daughter is playing Minecraft, and the son is playing on the Xbox. And you know, each person has found their own thing, and now it's left to the dog to find his. And you know, a lot of people like to uh, kind of project that the dog wants to be played with and wants to do that. But I'm like, you know, at the end of the night, the dog doesn't dream about being played with. He doesn't dream about his <laughs> belly rubs. He doesn't dream about food. He's dreaming about, you know using the same stuff that his, his family members are using, finding his joy in this. And that's where I kind of, you know, we differ from what Sean wrote and from what I wrote. But again, I, I uh, suggest people go read both. Read mine first, uh, read his, <laughs> and uh, just kind of, and watch the video, you know, obviously determine for yourself uh, how Microsoft may have either missed the mark wide, um, rightly captured the sad reality of ours of our situation now going into 2021, or, you know, maybe you have an, inter an entirely different interpretation, but yeah, uh, they tried. It's 2020, and we'll see how <laughs> everyone else kind of rolls out their holiday uh, ads coming up. But the fact that we're talking about it means that they did their job, right? Exactly. Yeah, for better or for worse. Uh, I think, you know, even if they hit it out of the park, I don't know if they would have gotten this much attention uh, from <laughs> it. And the sad part is, is that we're talking about the dog and less about the actual, like I just mentioned that, you know, there's yeah, yeah. teams, there's surfaces all, you know, everywhere bound. There's a new Xbox, but everyone's focused on the dog. So maybe <laughs> that's why they messed up. Uh, that's a good segue for our second topic, which is uh, Microsoft starting to ship some new Windows 10 features to insiders through the Windows Feature Experience Pack. Now, you guys might have remembered a couple of months back, I think it was in, April or May or probably February or March, where I think it was Mary Jo Fowley, she put out this piece saying that people spotted this mysterious thing in the Windows 10 settings called the Feature Experience Pack. And now Microsoft has finally come out and explained what it is. 
So if you miss the the blog post from the insider team, they basically are saying that starting from now and onwards, they will be shipping new Windows 10 features to insiders through the Windows Feature Experience Pack instead of requiring users to install full builds. Now, for now, it's not all across the insider program. It's only in the beta, the beta branch, and uh, they had a version uh, let me get the numbers. One two zero point two two one point one zero seven zero point zero, which they released uh, earlier in the week, and Are you they sure believe all the right numbers. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, I'm looking at the blog post right now. Yeah, but they basically what they explained is that they believe they can improve certain features and experience in Windows 10 without actually updating with a full build. So right now. It didn't actually introduce any new features. It was just introducing two previous features, which we already saw in older builds, which was the Win, Shift, and S to screen snip your screen, and then the touch keyboard and uh, portrait posture thing, which we saw earlier this year. But I think maybe it's a hint of what's to come. Maybe we could be seeing more a more modular version of Windows and more new Windows 10 features. I know you're always looking forward to things like that. Yeah, uh, again, as an insider uh, for the last, I don't know, uh, seven, eight years, um, you know, I felt like um, the last two years, you know, Microsoft just kind of uh, pumped the brakes on features, which, again, for a while, you know, they were being criticized that features are breaking stuff that people need it, and I totally understand. But I feel like um, the evolution of Windows is definitely slowed to a crawl and um you know not that we need a bunch of you know new things that you know the operating system is almost what is it 30 almost 47 years old so uh, you know it is what it's going to be but i'd like to see new stuff and this way that they're doing it reminds me of uh, my pixel my pixel phone and how you're able to get uh, monthly updates uh to feature the drops system. feature, feature drops. drops yeah, yeah. And uh, get those and get your features and, you know, get tweaks and stuff to the camera. So, so I'm looking forward to this. Um, I'm glad they acknowledge it. Um, I don't know if this will tie into Windows 10X, which I know a lot of people have kind of made that leap uh, to, saying, like, oh, this is where they kind of branch off and start doing that. I don't think that's how that's going to work. I think this is more for maintaining the enterprise base at Windows 10 as it is today and then moving another version of Windows 10 for consumers beyond that. So they don't have to worry, you know, they don't have to worry the admins and the IT people about new updates. They can say, here's your version that stays locked at uh, Windows 10, uh, all those numbers you just said. And then <laughs> uh, here's the consumer version for all you people like Lenovo and everybody else to kind of push new support for, you know, new formats and things like that. So do you think that this this is good or this is bad? Like, uh, I know IT admins, they hate new features. So you think... It's Microsoft's way of turning Windows back the way it was before, where I think uh, Vista and XP and even Windows 7, they had service pack updates. So is this this Microsoft going the way uh, of back in time of introducing less features and focusing more on patching rather than pushing out new and exciting things in Windows? Um, I think it's actually both. I think it's literally going to be, um, here's maintenance mode for anybody who needs uh, Windows 10 as is. You know, you've taught everybody in your in your company how to use it and everything like that, and you have all your tie-ins to it. And now they're going to be able to branch off and give uh, you and me, like, you know, uh, you know, if they want to change the keyboard, if they want to do 
crazy things with the touch interface, they'll be able to do that. While IT is still saying, this is the version we want to maintain. We get all the security stuff, we get all of, uh, and if they see something that they like in the new rollouts, they'll be able to kind of jump on that branch as well. Versus what we kind of have now where they just push everything and IT has to basically hold the dam saying, uh, we, we can't yeah. hold updates for you know six months before we release them to everybody and hope, hopefully Windows doesn't do it overnight for us. But something that, uh, that a lot of people have really wanted ever since Microsoft had uh, Project Astoria, which is bringing uh, Windows apps, Windows, not Windows apps, Android apps to Windows. Uh, apparently, it's going to be revived a bit, and I'll let Kareem talk Segway. about talk about it now. <laughs> yeah, um, ever since I, even before that, when BlueStacks was a thing uh, on Windows, uh, people have been trying to get Android apps on there. And as someone who used uh, you know a lovely device in the Chromebook Duet, and have used other Chrome OS uh, operating systems you know, on devices since then, with the Android apps included. I don't want to put a big like you know damper on this, but I don't see the benefit for it. Um, oh. But I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll get into that in a second. But I mean, more specifically, um, it's we got, still a rumor, not official. Yeah. Just to be clear, exactly. I was going to say uh, Zach over at uh, Windows Central uh, mentioned that uh, he has uh, contacts of people he's talking to uh, that are talking about this new project uh, called Latte. I think L A T T E. I believe that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. I guess have some new way of pronouncing it, but Latte is supposed to be bringing uh, Android apps uh, as soon as uh, next year, 2021. Uh, we don't know what the time frame could be. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with this new um, feature pack either, um, but it's something that I believe uh, people want. Uh, I know that Microsoft has been testing it at least for four years or more on how, to, how they could do that. Now that Windows 10 has this new Linux subset, uh, some people are figuring that this could be the workaround um, and that uh, there's going to be some kind of crafty implementation done in order to bypass uh, Google Play, uh, the, the necessity for Google Play services and be able to kind of bring uh, your Google uh, or your Android apps to the Windows Store. Now, uh, again, it's I doubt Google's going to allow this to happen. So maybe uh, stuff like Google Maps, uh, all the Google required stuff, will um, be locked or developers have to figure out a way to um, not call to the Play Service Store in order to in order to run all of their um, applications. So they'll have to figure out a way to do that through the Microsoft Store. Uh, Zach, I believe he wrote that it's going to allow app developers to package their Android apps as MSIX and release them to the store that way with little to no code changes we know how these things go. It's not always bread and butter, and it's not always smooth. So definitely seems like something that Microsoft, if if it's real, uh, Zach is usually reliable. So we we well, we so they also said that it, like, it, yeah they use the term little to no with UWP, yeah. and we found that out to be kind of misleading. Where a lot of uh, Universal Windows develop app, uh, developers were angry because there was so much more that had to be done. There was so much uh, extra work that had to be done, even though they had all these new tools to kind of mitigate all that. So as you know, Zach says, little to no, just remember little is not is not completely no, so. And again, like you said, a lot of these apps depend on the play services, so it's not necessarily something that's that's that easy to do. So yeah. they, they do have a long, long road ahead of them. Even Google struggles with this on 
Chrome OS where not all Android apps run on certain laptops and certain yeah. tablets. Well, that's what I was going to get to at the beginning of this. I, you know, I said all that to say this is that um, you got to remember that Android apps, even though we have a touch screen, uh, which is beneficial, better than M1 Max with iOS apps, uh, you have a touch screen uh, thing. These things are designed for phones. Like they're designed to be mobile. They're designed to use the camera facing outwards. And a lot of people don't have that on their computers. Think, you know, these when I use the Chromebook Duet uh, with Chrome OS, I found that you know the Chrome browser was amazing. But when I ventured into Android land and Android apps, it was a really poor experience. And so, even though we'll be able to bring you know the Instagram app from Android, I think the Windows one is just serves just as well. Same thing for Twitter. Same thing for uh, you know I think the web version of of uh, Snap is pretty good and stuff like. I mean I don't know this huge crave to have all these Android apps on Windows and how that benefit people. Maybe a few games. But you could already run, technically run in codes. I mean, it's through the network and through streaming and uh, Bluetooth, but you could run Android apps on Windows through, I think it's your phone or your phone apps or whatever. Yeah, you, could, yeah you can mirror your experience. You can mirror so, it, yeah. yeah. So it's not like it's something new for Microsoft. They've been pretty close with Google and, and working together on bringing Android and Windows closer together. So who knows, maybe next year is the, the year of Android and Windows finally coming together as one. I mean, yeah, a lot of people are kind of rubbing their hands and getting these like, you know, Grinch-like smiles about being able to compete with uh, the M1 and uh, its new bevy of iOS apps. Uh, and again, I think out of all the reviews that I've read about for the M1, the iOS apps were the, the biggest downfall in any of that. Like the battery was amazing, the translations were great, the speed's awesome, but whenever people said they ventured into iOS apps, which again were designed for mobile, just like Android, they had an issue. And I feel like you know this potential rush, again, it's just a rumor, but this potential rush to bring Android is gonna have the same fall for everything. I think at this point, everybody, and I'm speaking to developers, speaking to Microsoft, Apple, Google, needs to invest in PWAs. Like that's the easiest way to make our computer battery life, especially people who are using Edge, shoot up. Uh, you know, not these you know uh, uh, dot .exes or anything bought from the Play Store and run natively. Just run it through the browser. Your battery life is going to be amazing. You know, developers don't have to find which platform they're developing for. Just get into PWAs, people, please. I'm just looking forward to folding back my Surface Go and and having TikTok running on it and being able to run TikTok on Windows 10. It's my dream come true, especially for such a thing that's this small and this compact. Yeah, and if they if they kind of if they can make a browser experience similar to like Instagram, I don't see why that wouldn't be a, a great thing for everybody. <laughs> and something that everybody is talking about and something that that a lot of people talked about since Microsoft and that, announced yeah, another it, big one <laughs> it's uh their new software uh software in in quotation marks which is the windows ugly sweater uh you yeah. guys probably remembered a couple of years ago they only sent out these these special holiday sweaters to influencers like like uh, uh, MKBHD and, and Tom Warren and some of the uh, Microsoft journalists out there. But Thank this Brad, year, Adam, Paul, yeah. yeah. And this year, it's finally your chance to buy one. And buying one will help uh, contribute. Microsoft will donate. I think they're priced at $60. And out of the $60, Microsoft donates 20 to Girls, girls Who Code. So it, you're buying one helps a good cause. And the sweater is themed towards 
Microsoft Paint this year. So it's a, I'll have the uh, screenshot up in the in the video, of course. It's a nice sweater, but apparently everyone bought them all up and they're out of stock. So Microsoft uh, updated us, I think it was Thursday or Friday, and they said that they're working to bring it back. And if you really do want one to show off Paint or Windows XP or Windows 95 in style and be happy about it, you'll be able to get one pretty soon, soon in quotation marks. Yeah, I mean, we were discussing this uh, off camera and off mic about soon just being the, the new company logo. That's what they should be, <laughs> soon TM. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's, again, it's awesome that they found a way to pivot um, the popularity from this ugly sweater craze that people have uh, and, and put it towards something good. I mean, STEM is always something that more people should be involved with, especially uh, girls as well, you know, just having more diversity in people building things for other people is, is awesome. And when you have uh, uh, women being able to build, you, you know, you build products that have more empathy in general. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to see that. I, I wish the sweater was less. I wish, you know, it was like 40 bucks and half of that 20 bucks still went there. Uh, it's kind of expensive for something that's ugly, uh, quote unquote. But uh, yeah, um, I would hope that I can get my hands on one if, if they come back around. Uh, I likened this earlier when you and I were talking about being, you know, kind of like the Xbox thing where you make limited amount, gain all the hype and all the like sold out uh, coverage, everyone's saying it's sold out, to then garner the interest uh, further. So, you know, maybe we'll see uh, a restock of some sort um, in the next couple of weeks before the holiday season. But, uh, you know, get on you, Microsoft, for, for doing something nice and, some, and having fun with it, too. And there are a couple of different sweaters, just to be clear. There's this year's one is themed towards paint, and last year's one, I believe, is themed towards Windows X, Windows uh, 7, and Windows Windows 7 and XP with the giant um, Windows logo in the middle. And then the one before that uh, was themed towards Windows 95 with the classic Windows 95 logo, and all are available for sale through the Xbox Gear Store if you could find one in stock. Well, that's the crazy thing is that they're making this. And again, whoever is the genius behind this, I'd love to, to sit down and kind of pick your brain, but they're making, as they make different sweaters each year, it's becoming a collector's item uh, through these themes. Cause you're not going to be getting a Windows 95 three years from now. So you have to get it, you know, three years ago, you have to get this one this year because paint, you know, maybe they move on to hopefully Clippy in 2021, who knows? They'll finally remove paint in favor of paint 3D, which like literally no one uses. I I tried paint 3D for like six months, and it's just it. Again, it's it's an awesome app. It has a ton of features, um, but I think there was something blissful about the 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 straightforwardness of paint. <laughs> it, it's also the nostalgia, just getting it running uh, just the same way that you are familiar with it on Windows 95 and all those other versions of Windows. It just makes you feel good opening it up and having that, that nostalgia right there and drawing skies and yeah. grass and shapes well, and, like, and all kinds of things. And like I said, I love the UI of Paint 3D. It's just uh, I feel like they put a lot in there and there's a lot of hidden menus that Paint didn't originally have. Like Once you get into Paint, you know where everything's at the top of the ribbon. Um, and you know how to kind of, you know, it's all laid out in front of you. Paint 3D, you have to like click into stuff and there's drop downs and there's swipe overs. You know, hey, nice try. Let's rework it. And I think that's our last topic. So now it's time to get into the week ahead. 
yeah, this is this is also you know the fun part of of this podcast is um, you know you got your Surface Go two, which you've yep. been showing off quite a bit. Uh, I <laughs> yep. have one as well, and uh, I had been kind of teasing this that you know I did my review and, and kind of wrote about um, how well I was able to kind of travel with it. I went on you know the beginning of quarantine or the height of quarantine. Can't say height. I guess we're in height now. Uh, the first wave of height of quarantine. I went on vacation uh, to get away. You know, my family lived in New Hampshire where the numbers were low. And I took it hiking with me. I took it on a boat. You know, we went on boat trips several times. Uh, I was able to kind of just run my office and everything I work with with it. You know, it has connectors for it and peripherals can plug into it. It's an amazing device. I've said that over and over. Now you have it and you're going to be doing your set comparisons, right? Yep. I'm, I'm planning to compare it to the iPad Air 3, which is the uh, I guess you could consider it an outdated iPad by now because Apple has the iPad 4 with the slimmer bezels. But point taken, it's still for sale and people are still buying the iPad Air 3. And it runs the latest iOS, right? Yeah, yeah. Both uh, both run, uh, both run. the Air 4 and the Air 3 run the latest iOS. So I think it's worth worth a comparison. Yeah, so, yeah definitely. Uh, and like I said, and then as you're doing the uh, you know more tablet version of the comparison even though both can be operated as as a as a laptop or desktop i'm going to be pairing it uh, against its own um product line uh in the surface laptop go um the and i again i i referenced earlier that the goal was probably going to be microsoft's entry uh version uh they may make a, a surface book go at some point or something like that <laughs> uh but yeah these uh i, th- I want to see how if people were more apt to buy the Laptop Go versus the Surface uh, Go 2, I find more versatility in the Surface Go 2, uh, spoiler alert, uh, but the Laptop Go is still uh, a decent device. So I, I just want to kind of see where you get where you get your best money or where you get more bang for your buck for the two products. I myself also have both right now. I got the Laptop Go for my other publication and I'm st- I still have it on my desk and I got the Go 2 the other day and I've basically used the Go 2 as my main PC since since it arrived and this thing little this little thing just keeps on chugging there's no stopping it I mean obviously you can't edit videos and and do photoshop on you, it You would think so but I did do some video editing again these videos were like at the max 10 minutes long and it takes forever uh, it chugs, but it can get it done if it's in a pinch. Like if you're out and about and someone gives you an SD card and says, hey, I need you to kind of, you know, do some quick edits for me or whatever, photographers, things like that. Uh, it can it can do it. It'll just take forever. So, But, but for getting real work done, the Go 2 is definitely, to me, a better buy than the iPad Air 3 because especially you could just plug it into a monitor and expand your productivity and get the desktop versions of things that you're familiar with, whereas on the iPad, you're just limited to stacking things side by side on that tiny screen. It's it's just not the same. No, I totally agree. And like I said, it, I find it to be one of the most underrated Surface products uh, of 2020 uh, and the most versatile of 2020. And this is why, and, you know, just kind of going back to when you had a Duo, uh, that I felt like uh, it could also be compared to the Duo, especially in lieu of quarantine, uh, where everyone, where the Duo is supposed to be this on-the-go, uh, desktop, versatile working little station that everyone's going to have. Now that we're all at home, I feel like the size, the 10-inch size of the Surface uh, Go 2 and being able to kind of do split screen on there suffices for more, you know, does more for people than the Duo would. 
So enough about surface. Let's yeah, talk about <laughs> let's talk about something that is always a hot topic. Near and uh, Microsoft, dear to, to Microsoft Flight Sim is probably is apparently getting a VR update on December twenty third. So we we expect to probably uh, I might buy a VR headset and try and get some hands on time with that and talk about the experience with that. I was because... gonna say, have have you had any crashes in Flight Sim? Because this will take you to a whole other level if you crash with Maybe. a VR headset on. Imagine like having the headset on and then like driving, uh, piloting nose first down yeah, that's to the Pacific say. Ocean from you, like fifty thousand feet. You might throw up all over your living room. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it seems like a topic that that'll be big moving forward, and we're looking forward to testing out this update and getting our hands on with it and uh, trying it out in VR and seeing what Microsoft yeah. has to offer. I wonder if Microsoft is secret, not so secretly, but like privately testing out VR with actual pilots because I feel the immersion aspect of VR and this and the fidelity of uh, the flight sim is is perfect to, to do you know course training especially now again where people can't be in the same area same rooms together you give the set to to your pilots to keep them fresh and sharp on the go or whatever um, so I, I just wonder if they've already been doing this I just wonder what it will work with because you do you remember Windows mixed reality? Does anybody? Exactly. So, <laughs> what are they? What are they gonna do it with? Will it be with, um, with like Steam VR or Windows Mixed Reality, or is it gonna that, be with Oculus? I think it actually be all the above. Um, I mean, Windows Mixed Reality still gets updates. I mean, I still see it getting updated when I go into the um, Windows or the Microsoft Store to update all apps. It still gets patches and updates. I don't know for what because I don't have a headset. Um, but yeah, there are people still. I'm presumably using it. So enough about that. Just move us on to our back to Windows 10 and talk about what you expect from that moving forward and maybe even how it might relate to the Apple M1 chip and something about Surface, which we might expect this year. I mean, next year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, you know, we're talking about feature packs and kind of where Microsoft's going in the future. Uh, and, you know, that's... Um, while it's software in design, there's still architecture that Microsoft has to kind of figure out going forward. And with that being said, you know, we, we're seeing what we think is a relative uh, step back as far as, you know, building out new uh, designs for the Surface laptops, knowing the Surface Pro 8 and Surface Laptop 4 would just be spec bumps. But one of the specs that uh, people have started to take notice is that uh, the Surface Laptop 4 We'll be running potentially AMD's new, what is it, Ryzen 7? I believe it's called the their new their new Vega chips, uh, AMD Wenroar chips. That's the code name for it. Correct. Uh, and they have like this beefier GPU on there, so you know we're expecting better graphical performance. Uh, and there's supposed to be um, how many how much fast? They're supposed to be significantly faster. So, uh, and we saw that Microsoft had tested out uh, AMD with the Surface Laptop 3, and it was to, you know, uh, mixed reviews as far as battery life was probably the biggest disappointment of the thing, uh, and that uh, there were just some very super niche apps that don't run, that weren't written for AMD. So, you know, people have issues with compat compatibility to that extent. Um, we'll have to see how AMD acknowledges that and kind of moves forward, but um, maybe this is a precursor to Microsoft. It, at least moving the whole 
treasure chest of their of their money and development from Intel and diversifying it to AMD and then at some point maybe doing some custom stuff with both because I know we know that they've done custom work with AMD for Xbox so um, maybe the Xbox teams can talk to um, the Windows team and kind of talk about how they can get more leverage out of AMD for quieter, cooler, and potentially cheaper chips uh, for the surface lab or for the surface line going forward. And again, the Surface line, the Surface Pro and laptop line weren't refreshed back in October with everything else. So again, it, we're getting towards the end of the year now, and rumor has it that maybe there might be a refresh coming in January. So now that we're actually hearing about these chips and them being out there in the wild and being tested on Geekbench and appearing on Surface codenamed products. So we could definitely be seeing a Surface refresh coming towards the ending of January once the new year gets up and running. Now, when we say refresh, again, we're expecting specs, I mean bumps in specs. Uh, what I think is that they're taking, you know, this year, which they kind of, what we argue is a year off, and they're just going to kind of give people what they did with the Surface Book. It's here's some beefier specs, and we're going to come back in 2022 with all new redesigns and all new uh, potentially custom chips or just a new diverse lineup of, of chip settings for people. Um, again, and I don't think it's a direct competitor to the M1 where they're saying we need to do this because of that. But um, as the field for uh, computational uh, things are evolving and chipsets are kind of you know all over the place right now, Microsoft has to take a step back and kind of figure out what's the best business practice for them. And, you know, maybe at this point we can see what the proven Qualcomm is because this is really um, the discussion. It isn't necessarily Intel because Intel doesn't do mobile chipsets as well. Uh, but uh, Qualcomm has now figured out, I think they've figured out a way to kind of make uh, their SOC smaller and put more onto it, just like the M1. So if Windows on ARM is going to be any sort of competitor to um, the Mac on ARM, Snapdragon is where they need to seek their development, where they need to kind of push on that. So, anyway, with all that being said, I think Microsoft is going to take 2021 off. So, any of you who are expecting uh, a ton of, you know, Surface hardware, maybe don't. So, if you're if you're considering buying something this year and you're worried about it being outdated, I wouldn't worry too much about that. There even was a crazy thing. I think MSPU wrote about it, where they talked about this black uh, version of the Surface Duo, apparently, with just the same specs. So yeah, doesn't can, seem like 2021 I, will be all that exciting. I can actually see a black version of the Surface Duo, and I can actually see them updating the Surface Duo, because you know, since the Surface Duo came out, there was always rumors and talks of a Surface Duo 2 already in the works. So I think at least of, in next year, 2021, the, you know, the thing they get hyped about might be the Surface Duo 2 with a better camera, uh, different color options and this new Snapdragon, which is supposed to have uh, push better photography, uh, better graphics, and uh, run multi-multi-thread um, uh, more efficiently. So this may be the thing that the service duo needed um, coming into this year. Get your get your tech books and your wallets ready. <laughs> At least for the duo. Don't expect anything else out of computers. <laughs> so I think that pretty much does it for today, unless you have anything else to add. No, uh, again, it's always a pleasure hanging out with you, talking tech, um, and I hope everyone enjoyed 
uh, these few minutes of, of, of information, if you want to call it that. <laughs> so uh, thanks, everyone, for watching. And we hope to see you again uh, next week. Same place, same time. Uh, follow us on Twitter at on Microsoft. I am at a back turn and you are uh, at Mindhead one on Twitter. And thank you, everyone, for watching. And we hope to see you again soon. Stay safe. Wear a mask. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>